What up? We are back again today in the studio, and it is time to get the ball rolling. What up? We are back again today in the studio, bringing you guys back. Uh, I know it has been a minute, uh, well, obviously longer than a minute, but it's been a while since I have been able to do a podcast. Um, for those of you who are new to the channel or to the to the podcast, whatever you want to call it, uh, listening to get the ball rolling, uh, a few things have you know been big time things here at get the ball rolling, and uh, you know what? It's that college football time. We're here to talk about things uh, again now that we've got a little bit more news as well as I've spent the, a good uh, probably 40-50 hours studying uh, going forward into this next season. Who I think, uh, who I like, who I don't like, those kind of things. And, uh, you know, what usually happens is, uh, you know, I've been in college the last few years. Uh, my first year I, I, you know, came down to college. Went home for the summer and I had a lot of downtime. I was working in, in, in lawn care. And uh, the second summer, I stayed in St. George. That's where my alma mater is. Uh, I went to school at Dixie State University. Anyway, I stayed here, and again, I, I, I had been married. Uh, my wife actually worked nights, and so I was able to spend a lot of time studying, doing podcasts. Uh, and then, obviously, COVID happened this last year, and then I was able to graduate in December uh, with my uh, degree from Dixie State University. And uh, ever since then, it's been completely different. Uh, you know, working 40, you know, 40 hours a week or so. And uh, I love my job. I love doing what I'm doing. Uh, but it definitely is a completely different adjustment than when you're, you know, sitting around going to class every day and uh, running cross country. Uh, I have a little bit, I have, I had a little bit more downtime, whereas right now I don't. So I've definitely put in the work and uh, started to kind of get the things ramped up for you as well as uh for those of you who don't know i also am a host uh with the sling the pill network uh you know we've been doing some high school stuff for the uh for the state of utah uh and then also i host another sh uh, show with my uh, best friend jeff tuckett called the orange and blue podcast which is solely about boise state football uh, with Woos Media, and so I've I've got my hands in a lot of different uh, cookie jars. I guess uh, I'm I'm doing a lot of things, but I need to get back to it. And uh, now that we're going to get kind of a more normal-ish season, uh, we'll definitely be be bringing it back. Hopefully, we can do it two times a week with the FBS uh, followed by the FCS. I know a lot of a lot of our, my followers, a lot of my my loyal listeners, you know, a lot of you guys, you love hearing the FCS, and I love the FCS. I'm not taking anything away from it. I've I, you guys know my story. I grew up in Ogden, Utah, next to Weber State. Uh, uh, my wife went to SUU. I went to Dixie State, who is now in the WAC, and SUU is in the WAC. So I grew up around FCS football. I love FCS. We've had now we're just kind of getting back in uh, into the flow of things, and I love the FBS because usually when you see when you can follow trends, um, it is you know it kind of trickles down to the FCS. So there's just kind of a little intro today. I want to talk about the name, image, and likeness, uh, kind of my thoughts on it, and then we're going to follow it by buy and sell teams you should be buying this this off season. Uh, well, not off season, preseason. We're you know football's getting ramped up in August. Uh, you know who we should be buying, who we should be selling. Uh, from this last season, and this is the most unique season. Normally, I have my metrics. Uh, 
I sit down, I call it my stock market uh, indicator. I, I'm, I'm a business major. I'm uh, going to be getting my master's in economics. So I follow the market and I follow a lot of the trends and stuff. And I feel like that's what, I, what makes me very unique is that I feel like I can think, uh, look at things on a more macro level. Uh, that That's my, well, I love macroeconomics and I love macro theories like when I took my sociology class. And so um, I, I definitely like the, the big picture of things. And I think that's really telltale yeah um a lot of people get get into the nitty-gritty of you know we should have went for it on fourth down or 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 we should have you know ran it instead of passed it whatever it may be and those are micro decisions but it's like does that micro decision affect the macro i like the macro a little bit more I like looking from 30,000 feet versus looking, uh, you know, one centimeter at a time. Anyway, so we're going to get into it. First off, for those of you, uh, it's been in the news, and it's taken me some time to formulate my thoughts on this uh, because obviously uh, it's very, it's something very, very special to me, and that's name, image, and likeness. Uh, and I'm going to give my history or my story uh, with, with name, image, and likeness and you know, what it means to me, I, I guess, is, is, is the best way to do it. So uh, growing up, I always wanted to compete at the collegiate level. Uh, many of you remember, I mean, night, early or late 90s kids, maybe mid 90s kids growing up, we had the PlayStation and we played NCAA football. That was my favorite game, still is. I still have my PlayStation 2. I'm looking at it right now. Anyway, you're able to go on. You're able to be your favorite team. Sometimes you they eventually uh, put in... Uh, where you could like start in high school uh, and you could go on go on up uh, and you know go and play for your favorite team you got to do the 40 you got to be a quarterback you got to be a running back it's really whatever you wanted to do and it was a it was a ton of fun let me tell you I I, I loved playing that game and I grew up playing sports I played you know football basketball basketball soccer I've, I've tried to do everything I wrestled I mean I was I was a busy little kid. When it came to high school, I wasn't big enough to play football. Uh, I, you know, spent most of my time, you know, watching the football, wishing I could be out there. But I became a cross country runner, and I made it my goal to run collegiately one day. Uh, you know, fast forward to my senior year, I was offered to come uh, be on the cross country team at Dixie State because I was going to be taking two years off. They could not offer me a scholarship. And uh, so that was my, I graduated in 2015, came back in 2017, uh, lived in Puerto Rico for two years. When I came back, the coach told me, he said, don't worry, you, you've got a walk-on spot. Uh, you can you can work for, for scholarship. I love my coach, uh, you know, salt of the earth, one of, one, of the, one of my favorite role models in my entire life. He's a great man. Uh, I love Coach Decker. Anyway, so he, to he told me that. And so... Uh, as a walk-on in uh, and, and living in the dorms and, uh, well, I guess it was an apartment, uh, it was really, really difficult, uh, that transition from going from, you know, living at home to living on my own and, and doing my own thing. Uh, as for just cross-country runners, our schedule was pretty, pretty intense. Uh, we would wake up, I would wake up at 5 in the morning. We didn't have practice until 6, but I'd wake up at 5, so then I'd start hydrating. I could start, you know, getting my muscles ready, getting ready for the workout because we like to do harder workouts in the mornings when it was really hot. I mean, it, it'd get up to 115 uh, during the day here in St. George. So we had to run it, you know, really early in the morning. So I get up around five, uh, kind of start doing my stretches, getting through those things. I go to practice from six in the morning till about 730-ish. Uh, and then I, I'll just go through my first year. Uh, we did that 
every single day uh, through through Saturday, Monday through Saturday, uh, every single morning. Now at night we ran, uh, you know, when it when it was really late, when it was really hot, we ran later, seven o'clock, uh, I believe was our latest time. It might have been eight. I can't remember my freshman year. Uh, they did change it a little bit more. The rules like after but we'd run for about hour and a half at night as well and that was uh monday tuesday uh thursday friday saturday night we had off saturday was our long morning run uh and then we also were in the weight room on tuesday and thursday mornings that was just my freshman year just to give you a synopsis right and then on top of it so we'll just take and then uh, so we'll just take a a, a normal day uh you know monday you know 7 30 i had class and because I was in college and I wanted to get my education, I was taking between 15 to 18 credits. Uh, so I'd have between three or four classes a day. Uh, I'd get home at night, well, in the afternoon, around three, maybe four-ish. Uh, it was a quick, uh, you know, uh, as freshmen, you have to do a study hall. And uh, we'd usually go around uh, four o'clock and we'd be there for an hour. And then we would uh, have to go eat, go run again. And so a lot of people are like, well, well, uh, yeah, you know, college athletes, they're, they're getting their education paid for. And, and I've never understood uh, this mantra. It happens with the pros a lot. I've, I've never understood this thought that, um, but I don't understand, like in the pros, you know, you would want your quarterback to have an opinion. You would want your wide receiver to maybe be like, hey, look, we need to do this differently. That was the wrong call in that particular, you know, instant. Anyway, so so a lot of people say, well, you know, college kids are they're getting their college paid for. You're right. I was a walk on and I did it a little bit harder. My second semester, I was able to earn a scholarship, worked my butt off. I was one of our fastest runners, did everything in my power to be able to earn that scholarship. Now, because I was a really good student, I had a scholarship through the school, I had a scholarship through cross country. So really, I, I I was going I was going almost basically full ride. Of course, you know you have food and stuff, and that's what I worked for over the summer. So when I when I got back, uh, I had a little bit more money to go and you know have fun, go out with the boys, get a milkshake every once in a while. You got to be able to splurge a little bit, right? Anyway, um, I. I didn't have any time during the season uh, to be able to work uh, and be a student athlete. Now you might say, well, you could take less credits. It's true. I believe the minimum to be on the team was nine credits every semester, but I wanted to get an education. But we were back at it uh, in the spring, in January, uh, you know, second week in school. It was now track season now, but I still ran two times a day to be able to keep up in shape with everything I was asking uh, my body to do. Anyway, so I find it really interesting when people say, well, you know, college athletes, it's I think they have this 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 thought in their mind that, that everyone is just going out and partying the entire time. But when in reality, uh, you know, I had a lot of friends on the soccer, basketball, football, most of us who were just trying to get by our classes, we were trying to pass. Uh, we had we had goals for ourselves and for the team, you know, to be able to get really high grades. A lot of us had academic scholarships, and so we were trying to do it. And uh, you know, it was really hard. I'm not going to lie, and because you wanted to have that extra money, you wanted to go to spring break, you wanted to go down to Huntington Beach, you wanted to go down to 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 Phoenix or, or up to Salt Lake, wherever you wanted to do for your spring break, and you didn't have that money. So the only way that you were going to do it was probably get money from, from parents or you had a really, really good summer job the summer before. Uh, and why, why I bring this up is in, in my personal experience is, you know, I, I feel like name, image, and likeness is, is wonderful for the sport. Now, I don't know if it's going to, the, to level the playing field. I don't know if, you know, Kentucky is going to get a recruit over Alabama now uh, because someone in Lexington's willing to, you know, give them name, image, and likeness. I don't really know all the entirety of the rules, if you even can. 
um, you know, use it as a recruiting method. But I honestly think when you put it into perspective and when you see the backside of college athletics, when you're forced to live a higher standard than the rest of the student body, but you don't get to make money because you're putting everything into your craft, most people, I, I can't remember, I mean, you guys see it during the, the, the college ba basketball uh, tournament, say like, what is it, 90 or, or 95% of uh, student athletes don't go professional, they go to something, uh, they go professional in something other than sports, right? And uh, yeah, those few that do make it, I mean, congratulations, you, you were able to get, to, to get that back. I, however, I'm not going to go professional in running. I was really good. I was good enough to run D2, uh, D1 for, for a year. I was able to do that. But as far as going and becoming a professional runner, that's not something I, I could do. Um, Dixie State has given me everything. But I think it's awesome that now the universities are working with the community uh, to you know be able to give the athletes a little bit more money. Uh, now, I, I came from a really nice family that, that always had my back. But I could only imagine somebody who doesn't, didn't have that the, what, the blessings that I was afforded uh, in that life if, if they needed some jeans or if they needed a, you know, a new shirt to wear to class, new shoes, uh, those kinds of things. You can understand why uh, there was a lot of cheating going on with the boosters, you know, slipping a 20 or slipping a $100 and those kids not and, and are, they're going to take it because what, a, what other recourse do they have? So it's just making it more, you know, it's just making it legal uh and well legal in, in in under their rules and so you know i'm all for it i love name image and likeness but that's just my brief thought on it uh i hope everyone can get their bag all the college athletes out there and uh you know start i, I believe that we're going to start to see some really nice things uh, i'm not asking them to you know make two three four million dollars in college but enough to put food on the table and uh enough to uh you know to maybe go and and, and buy yourself a pair of shoes buy yourself a, a pair of jeans if you need it anyway so that was that now uh we're going to be moving on we're going to make a quick transition from nil uh, to uh, who we're buying and who we're selling. So uh, uh, this year, we'll start with the Power Five. I don't think I'll go into super depth because I'm trying to keep this episode. I don't want to bore you guys with the statistics. You guys know that I'm super into that. But I want to give you the teams, the, the 10 teams that I'm buying, 10 teams that I'm selling, um, and then, of course, the, the indie independent. And we'll, we'll highlight a few of them as we go through it, and, and the reasons why. Uh, so first up in the SEC, well, we'll, we'll go through SEC Big Ten, Big 12, ACC, Pac-12, who we're buying, and then who we are selling uh, a little bit later on. So in the SEC, I am buying Mizzou. Uh, number one, I, I guess I need to explain a little bit more. Uh, on the stock market, you sell or you buy uh, low, you buy the dip, you sell at the peak, right? And so these are the kind of things, this is kind of my thought process of, of where they're at in comparison. Are they on a dip or are they on a peak? Peak. Now, Mizzou was 5-5 five and five last year, but I honestly think they're going to get better. I'm buying a little bit higher. Uh, I love all the App State coaches. App State's one of my favorite teams, one of my favorite stories in the FBS. Uh, I'm buying Mizzou. Big 10, I'm buying Penn State. We'll get into that a little bit later. Big 12, I'm buying Iowa State. Now, three three years ago, two years ago, I uh, brought on uh, a guy from Ames, and I and I talked to him about it, and I said, and he said, you know, they're, they're a solid 8-4 team. 
don't, and I was thinking nine and three, maybe ten and two, they could get a couple upsets. They went eight and four. He was a hundred percent. He was a he was a sports beat writer in the Ames Tribune, if I remember correctly. And uh, and then last year, everyone seems to, to to gravitate to Iowa State, and that was wonderful because 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 Iowa State was great last year. They did some amazing things, but I feel like the 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 hype around them preseason wise wasn't is 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 now lower. And this is where I'm going to pick up buying. I love Iowa State. I love Coach Campbell. I think he does has done a tremendous job. But I think we're on a little bit of a dip. And I don't see, I really, they're the second best team in the Big 12 by far. Stark, we've got Texas in uh, in, a, in a rebuild, uh, I mean, new system and stuff like that. TCU has been up and down lately. Uh, Baylor has been poor over the last couple of years. Uh, West Virginia is kind of starting to get back. Oklahoma State is always Oklahoma State. So really, I see Iowa State as the second best team. So I'm buying them uh, when, they're, when their stock's a little bit lower uh, and the hype's not as big around them. Uh, number four, I did take Boston College. Now I jumped on their bandwagon uh when i watched the north carolina game last year i said this this coach i i was skeptical he was ohio state guy never been a head coach before i'm buying boston college and i think in the first full season he's going to do some tremendous things uh, i'm not saying they're going to go take down clemson in the acc but they're building something special up there in massachusetts Finally, Pac-12, I'm buying Oregon State. Love Coach Jonathan Smith. They beat Oregon last year. Now, I understand it was a fog game, but they are a very, very talented team, and uh, we'll jump into it. Okay, finally, we're going to go into our selling. Who we're selling. Number one, we'll go again, SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, ACC, Pac-12. Uh, Auburn, I'm selling Auburn. I uh, follow Brian Harson from, uh, I believe it was Arkansas State is where he started. He then eventually moved to Boise State, and then now he is at Auburn. I am a huge Auburn Tigers fans, you guys know that I love Auburn. Been an Auburn fan almost my entire life. But having followed uh, Boise State with Woo's Media and the Orange and Blue podcast, I know that there is a certain limit to what Coach Harson can do. And uh, in the SEC, I think it's going to be a welcome to the SEC party. I could see a seven and five. Uh, that's really where I see Auburn at. I think Ole Miss is kind of on the come up. Mississippi State's going to be better. Arkansas, I love Arkansas and what Coach Pittman's doing there. You still have the big boys. LSU, Alabama, Auburn's just kind of smashed in between. They're going to get a couple games, but Harson almost always drops a few games. He runs the same kind of stuff. I don't feel like he deviates, and I think that's going to be very troublesome in the uh, SEC. Prove me wrong, Coach Harson. Big Ten. I'm going to be selling my Indiana stock. Last year, I bought it. Uh, obviously, a lot of people were excited after that Penn State game. I had actually, uh, you know, kind of followed a little bit more onto Indiana. I've been a Hoosier fan. My dad uh, is a Michigan fan, and they, I swear Indiana always lost it. I think it was like 29 to last 30. They beat Michigan last year, so I, I've always had a soft spot for the Hoosiers. But this is the peak I think they're going to be at. I think Penn State comes back better. I don't think they, they beat Penn State. I don't think they beat Ohio State, and I don't think they beat Michigan. So those are three losses. Now um, it depends on who they get, who they pull in the you know non-conference schedule as well. But if you're looking at three or four losses, that is worse than what it was last year. So I'm going to be selling my stock on Indiana. Still love the team. Still love uh, Coach Wilson, I believe is his name. Still love everything that they're doing in Indiana. I'm just not going to be. I just don't think they get back to the, the high as what they got last year. Uh, Big Twelve selling my Texas stock uh, for when when uh, Coach Charlie Strong took over. They only won six 
first games uh, when Coach Herman took over. They only won seven games in the first year. So that's what I'm predicting for Texas. I think it's going to be a, a seven, maybe an eight-win team. I know Stark has been a, a, a head coach before. I know that there's certain a certain buzz around Austin, and uh, they're starting to feel maybe a little bit more. I like Coach Starkeesian, but I just don't see him uh, reaching the peaks of what people want Texas to be. Uh, they kind of have a USC-type feel. They kind of Everyone wants them to be back, but they just haven't gotten back uh, really since Vince Young. Uh, I mean, they've had a few, they've had a couple flashes in the pan. And who's their quarterback? Sam Ellinger left. Who's their leader? I don't know. And I and it's going to take you know three or four games. I personally think to be able to get some traction under that. And by then, you could have three, maybe four losses, and uh, and then you might get one later on in the season. So I'm selling my Texas stock. ACC selling Virginia. Uh, I do like Coach Mendenhall. I bought him a couple years ago when they made that run uh, to the ACC title game. I, I really liked their quarterback then. I just don't think UVA is going to reach, again, the heights. I think Pitt's going to be better. I think Miami is going to be better. Um, they're kind of one of those other teams that we're always waiting for them to be back. North Carolina is going to be dominant. Uh, Virginia Tech, I think, will be good. So I really I really don't see uh, where UVA fits. And, uh, and Duke's always kind of like a sneaky team, uh, Coach Cuncliffe. Always good, never, never, uh, never like. I mean, they. I guess a few years ago they went to a, a New Year's Day six, but he, he he'll always pull off an upset. So I I feel like Virginia is going to struggle this year. And finally, out of the Pac twelve, Colorado. Um, I do like. I love first year coach coach uh, Darrell Darrell. Um, I think he did a, a tremendous job considering all, you know all things considered. But when I watched them against the University of Utah, University of Utah was uh, an inferior team last year, and uh, I just was like Colorado. Um, they've made a couple of good. They've had a couple of good teams, but I haven't seen where they've been able to excel. I think they take a little bit of a step back, especially with a full Pac-12 slate. I think Arizona's going to be a little bit better. And and then, you know, you got USC, uh, Utah, and Arizona State, which I think are automatic, well, not automatic losses, but I think those three are losses. And I think uh, the UCLA game is tough. So you got four losses, and it depends on who you cross over with out of the north. If it's a Stanford, Washington, Oregon, that's another loss. And then it depends on... Uh, a non-conference as well, you could be up to, you know, four, five, six losses, and you're just hoping to break even to go to a bowl game. So those are my power five buy and sell. Now we'll jump into the independence. Now, I personally think that this team can go undefeated. Now you're going to say, Tyler, this team that you're talking about is ridiculous. They had a great, they had a great season last year. True. But last year, um, with the independents, they were so discombobulated, and uh, it was so hard to tell whether who you know who was legit, who was not legit. And I don't get to talk a lot about them on uh, this, you know this this podcast. And I am buying one hundred percent the Liberty Flames. I don't know if there's a team. I mean, Mississippi would be their only team. Louisiana is a good team, but they get them at home uh, a little bit later in the season. They have to go to uh, the the Dome against uh, Syracuse. But honestly, I think that they can up uh, upset Syracuse like they did last year. They did lose to them in 2019, but I think they beat Syracuse. UAB is a tough, It's I mean, they're a tough team. I don't think UVA is at the same level as Liberty, but then, you know, you keep on going down. You're like, well, where do these losses come? Ole Miss, it is in, is at Ole Miss. We do have Hugh Freeze, who was the coach there for 2012 to 2016. I think he gets his guys riled up, ready to go. And then Louisiana, who is a tremendous team coached by Billy Napier, um, they get him at the end of the season off of 
have a bye. So that's the reason why I think this team can go undefeated on bye-bye buying Liberty. They bring back every single returning starter uh, on on offense. And I know that's, you know, a lot of cases that, you know, you bring them back a lot, but I really do like them. And then in the independent, I'm selling BYU. They did go 11-1 and last year. And, uh, you know, I'm a huge University of Utah fan, and I want to, you know, I, I don't want to disparage or, or disregard, uh, you know, BYU. But I don't, you know, they they lost Zach Wilson. Uh, their their offensive line is still decent, but not to the dominant level that it will be. Um, I can see a seven and five, eight and four. They do pull Arizona, Utah, Arizona State, Boise State. Uh, and then Virginia, they do get them at home, though, and they're going to be on the road against USC. So, I mean, I could see, uh, you know, them, BYU always feels like they get one win uh, that they're really good at and kind of surprises everybody. But uh, I think I think they're going to struggle this year. They're definitely not going to be reaching the heights as what they did last year. Uh, into the group of five, we'll be doing American, Mountain West, Sunbelt, CUSA, and then the MAC. I am by, by buying the ECU uh, Pirates. Now, last year, they only went three and six, and, you know, they did struggle a little bit bit uh and i do like uh what coach houston has done but i think experience with the with ecu is pivotal now they do play appalachian state they do play south carolina and they do play marshall and then charleston southern in non-conference app state i personally think app state beats them and south carolina so they're oh two i think they can beat marshall i think they can beat texas southern and i think they can kind of get on a row roll. Uh, Tulane, I don't think will be as good as what they were last year. I'd take a win there. So you're 3-2 and two going UCF, you're 3-3. Three and three. And then you do get, you do pull uh, USF and Temple. And then you do have Navy, which I think are all winnable games. I see this team going to a bowl game 6-7, maybe 8 wins you know, if they stay healthy and they're good, I love Mike Houston. I like what he did at James Madison, and I really like what he's building here uh, in Greenville, North Carolina. And then finally, uh, for... Uh, for the Mountain West, we're going to be taking talking about Nevada. Uh, last year, uh, Nevada, I thought, was going to be better. They did lose to Hawaii and San Jose State. I always feel like when Nevada's good, they always drop one or two games. They do get Cal, Idaho State, and Kansas State. So that first game, we're going to know a lot. But if they lose that game, I think that they'll be favored in most of them. They do have to go to the blue against Boise State, which is tough, which I think they do lose. But they do get San Jose State at home. They get Air Force at home, and they get Hawaii at home. Uh, they do have to go on the road to San Diego State. If they can do that, I think that they, they mop up uh, the rest of the Mountain West, and I think they are uh, the the representative for their side of the conference in the Mountain West title game. Uh, for this for the Sun Belt, I am by by buying Texas State. Now I did talk about them a little bit last year and and quite frankly it was because they were the only football that was on. Uh, I watched the SMU, UTSA, ULM and then the Boston College game and I was like, this is the most interesting team that has only won two games. I love Coach uh, Jake Sp Spavadol. Uh, I think he's he's done a tremendous job uh, down in San Marcos, Texas. I think they could beat FIU. They could beat Incarnate Ward. They could beat Eastern Michigan. So then it's like, okay, if you're three and one uh, with a loss to Baylor, you're three and one off of a bye week. You know, you seem to win three other games. Then you're going to be talking about getting into a a bowl game. I like Texas State. They're definitely going to be higher than than two games. Watch out for the Bobcats. Uh, next up, we do have the CUSA. Now, this is a team that was good last year. Jumped on the bandwagon a little bit later. I did watch them against. Um, 
Texas State, but I like the UTSA Roadrunners. They play a ridiculously easy schedule, 127th ranked in the entire nation. They For non-conference, they pull a tough at Illinois and at Memphis. They do play home against UNLV, however, and home against Lamar. So I think you split those two, so you're 2-2 two and two in that. Can you make a run? You are home against UAB. You have home against Southern Miss. However, you have to go on the road to Louisiana Tech and uh, Western Kentucky, which is the, which is a crossover game. I could see this team going ten and two. I could see this team going eight and four. But I think they're going to be up there higher, and we're going to be talking about them. I really do like the UTSA Roadrunners. Uh, finally, we're going to be roughing it up with the MAC. I think Kent State, uh, after a successful season last year, I think that they bounce back. And a lot of people are picking Ohio to win that side of the conference. I, however, am taking. Kent State, they do have to go on the road to Ohio after a tough Western Michigan game, but uh, the last four games of the season, I think, are all extremely winnable. They're going to get on a hot streak, and we're going to be talking about them in the MAC Championship. Uh, going down, or the stock that we're selling, we're going to be selling Memphis out of the American. Uh, you know, I believe it is his... Uh, is it a first-year coach or second year? Uh, let me check really quick. But I, I, I like the Tigers. I just think SMU, um, I think Cincinnati, I think Tulsa can all be better. And I even think ECU might stick up on them. Yes, it is, it is his second year. Uh as a head coach, they went eight and three last year. They do lose more uh, returners. I mean, they only get they have sixteen returners coming back, whereas you know ECU has twenty returners, and I think that makes a difference. Uh, new quarterback, those kinds of things. It's going to be uh, difficult for uh, you know Brody White leaving. I think it's going to be difficult for him. Next up, I want to talk about San Jose State. So, I want to tell you something uh, how uh, their 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 seasons have kind of, kind of gone. 6 and 6, 3 and 9, 6 and 7, 4 and 8, 2 and 11, 1 and 11, 5 and 7, 7 and 1. Well, what is the outlier? Well, it's the 7 and 1, right? Now, last year was kind of a crazy year. They were able to kind of sneak up on someone. They they got the Boise State came canceled on the blue. Their biggest game of the season was the Mountain West title game against Boise State. Now, Nick Starkle, wonderful quarterback. He's still going to be the leader. They bring back a lot of returners, but they had to play at USC. They are at Hawaii, which is always a tough, uh, uh, you know, traveling across the, you know, the, the ocean. They are at Nevada and, um, I think those are, and at Western Michigan, that's the other team that, that uh, might be sneaky out of the MAC. And, um, I mean, you do get San Diego State at home. I think they're going to be good, but they're not going to be reaching uh, the, the, or the Mountain West title game. I would put, say, Nevada or San Diego State are going to be better this upcoming year. San Diego State, or San Jose State takes a little bit of a step back. Uh, for the Sun Belt, I'm going to be selling Coastal Carolina. A lot like BYU, I think they caught lightning in a bottle, and it was a flash in the pan. They're a good team. I just and they, and they bring back a lot of starters, but I still think App State wins that side of the conference. They're on the road at App State. Now it is after a a bye week, but they do play a tough Arkansas State team the week before. I just don't think. I think there might be one or two losses this year. Uh, they do have to play. They do play Kansas, Buffalo, and UMass. So all winnable games. Uh, and the Citadel. Uh, those those five games are all winnable, and they might be undefeated going into that absent game. But I just don't know if uh, Coastal Carolina wins in uh, you know on the Rock at absent. Out of the CUSA, I want to be selling Old Dome. Old Dome did not play last year. The year before, they were one and eleven. New coach, very difficult. With those circumstances, I don't know if. 
they even win a single game. I want to believe in them. Uh, I hate, you know, talking bad about a team, uh, especially for a team that, you know, they opted out because of COVID. I mean, we didn't really know what, what was going on, but I think they've just had a really rough go since about 2016, five and seven, four and eight, one and 11, and then did not play last year. They might get a win against Hampton, uh, but I think they're really going to struggle taking that year off. And I could be wrong. They might come out and they might look fresher than everyone else because they're a little bit more hungry. Uh, but I, I and I do like uh, Ricky Ray as uh, as the as the coach. But uh, I, I I need to see it. They only have ten returning starters from that 2019 season, so it's like uh, a really really young team. I think they're going to make a few mistakes. And then finally, we're going to be wrapping up with Buffalo, and that's just because uh, co- Coach Leop. Pod Leopold, I can't remember how to say his name, moved on to Kansas. I think they take a step back. They were kind of another one of those teams that caught lightning in a bottle during the pandemic. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm fine with a team, uh, you know, being dominant during during last season. And they, they had to play with the cards that, that, that were dealt, and they did a tremendous job. The only problem is now we're dealing with reality of everyone coming back. I think Buffalo takes a few steps back, especially with Ohio, Kent State, um, you know, and uh, Miami, Ohio looking really good. Anyway, so this has been another edition of Get the Ball Rolling. I know it had been a minute since, uh, been a while since we had done one. I hope that we can kind of get back to, uh, to doing, uh, pretty, pretty, you know, consecutive or, or a lot of, uh, podcasts. Uh, you know, football, football season's getting close. Uh, it is, this is, July is the last month with no football until March. Uh, college football starting up in August cannot wait gonna be a ton of fun uh gonna be on the road a little bit this this fall going to some games as well uh my alma mater will be taking on the weber state wildcats however it is in beautiful sunny st george if you've never been to st george utah uh google it it is worth it best place on the earth in uh, my opinion beautiful fun awesome little town anyway uh, be sure to uh, you know subscribe if you want to get the uh, the the most up to date information, most up to date podcasts as well, and uh, continue to to support. We have had a tremendous success with downloads. We've been doing this for two years now. This is going into our third this is our third season. I don't know if what you want to call twenty twenty if you want to call that a season, but this is our third season. I cannot wait, and, and it has been the 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 acceptance, the outpouring of of love and everything from you guys. The, the downloads has been tremendous something i would have never expected so thank you guys for that continue to tell your family tell your friends uh stay safe out there until next time let's keep this ball rolling